Hello and welcome to episode 119 of Throwing Elbows. I'm your host, senior editor of Cageside Press, Dan Darty, and alongside me, a star writer, a star podcaster, and a two-time picks champion, Heath Harshman. We had a week off from MMA, or UFC rather, so we took a week off from the podcast, and now we're back, and we let that Nganu knockout stew for a little bit. Heath, how was your week off? Uh, I got into a car accident and I'm currently driving a rental car, so it, really? it could have yeah, it could have been better. It was a small fender bender. It wasn't it wasn't bad at all. Um, but car is currently in the shop and the other person took off, so uh, I had to call the took cops. Off. And yeah, so it was. It's been a whole thing. Yeah, no, we uh, last week was the perfect week for both of us to have that stuff going on and not have an episode because. There's still plenty to talk about with Nganu Jones. Plus, we have Bellator, and I mean, we both watched the entire Bellator card, and we are going to give you an in-depth fight-by-fight breakdown of Bellator 255 coming up here shortly, right, Danny? I watched enough of the Bellator card. I'll say I'll say that. So you watched the Pitbull fight? Uh, I watched I watched the the, the the Gracie Jackson fight because I did have Jason Jackson. Wow, one of the, against one your of the boy. very few. I, I don't know if I, I I don't I didn't see if I was the only one on KSR Press. No, that had him, but I, uh, will, I had him. I will show you. This is how much uh, our, our connection goes beyond the podcast and, and more to our writing. Um, you generally do the predictions pieces for Cageside Press, and so in the predictions this week, I don't know if you saw. Uh, yeah. I put, uh, for my Bellator predictions, all in on Coker. Shout out Jack Slack. Jay didn't know what that meant, so he just didn't put my picks in. (laughs) In, in I I did not have time to do the picks. I had had a football game on Friday. But apparently apparently the favorites weren't weren't the thing. We we, we can get to that. We didn't need to actually. The joke was that we were going to talk about Bellator, and here we are talking about Bellator. We are. uh, Yeah, good job with that pick. But, yeah, uh, I I, I can't say that I watched that fight. Catch us talking about Bellator every week on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Throwing no, Danny, no, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Maybe I mean the opposite hasn't worked. So maybe we just need to lean into the Bellator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Facebook throwing elbows MMA, Twitter throwing at throwing elbows, and our written work is on khsipress.com. This week, the Ultimate Fighter is back. It's a little underwhelming. I mean, how underwhelming can you get when? The bar is so low for tough, but we're still underwhelmed. Uh, We have lots of major spring and summer fight announcements that were announced over the past two weeks. And UFC, Bellator, and One are all in action this weekend. But first, UFC 260. That happened uh, two Saturdays ago. That was the main event uh, between Francis Ngannou and Stipe Miocic. And boy, did Ngannou look scary. Uh, he defended a takedown in the first round, and then from there, Stipe didn't really have a shot. It was uh, it was pretty brutal, and a great display from Francis Ngannou. I did not expect uh, Ngannou to to improve that much from from the first fight to this one, but lo and behold, here we are, and uh, he is now the champion and well deserved. He had a great performance and and really turn the tables from what the first match looked like so um i i was impressed and i'm i'm in, i'm happy to enter the Ngannou era yeah i think everybody is and i think it's because we learned what we all felt like we need to like i feel like any doubts like it was i can't imagine doing anything better because it was all of the things that everybody was questioning like 
Nganu was the favorite, and lots of people took Nganu, like, just leaning into the power, and a lot of the analysis was just that, that like, we don't know for sure. And, like, you could not blame anybody taking Stipe, because mm-hmm. we've, we've seen 25 minutes of him dominating Francis. We hadn't seen, for sure, Nganu's wrestling improve. We hadn't seen his fight IQ improve, because it hasn't had to. Even though he's been fighting, like, other good, you know, UFC top, you know, heavyweights, uh, we, we just hadn't seen a complete performance and within like three minutes we had had like all of those box boxes checked it was we were seeing leg kicks we were seeing jabs and not only did he stuff the takedown but he took his back there was like yeah there was just a lot and there was a quickness to it and a ferociousness to that ground and pound like i don't know what i would rat like after seeing that i was like i think i'd rather be over him i think i would rather just take the one that puts me to sleep than take that ground and pound because that ground and pound is just so vicious um but yeah it was it was an incredible performance um and one that i think it seems like a bummer and maybe it's because we're recording this um a little bit further away from it than normal but it's kind of a bummer because it feels like most of the talk now has already been washed away about what's next and i know that's really easy to do in ufc especially with a guy like francis where he's already wiped out a bunch of the guys at heavyweight and well jones is definitely exciting like nobody's done anything to make that seem like more exciting right now or to hype it up. And I'm sure once it gets up, like signed when, if whatever, it'll be easy enough to do that. But um, to me, it's just kind of put a sour note on it. Not, not in any way that like dampens Francis's performance or makes me love Stipe any less. And we, we'll get to Stipe, but like, I feel like there's been, it went for so quickly from talk to, wow, Francis looked really, really good. And holy shit, he's scary. And can anybody beat him? Can you imagine beating him? to immediately talk about Jones and talk about Jones fighter, which is fine. Fine. I've honestly enjoyed the fighter pay stuff. It seems like there's more, uh, um, we can't use the word unionization. There's more connectivity between fighters about pay, except Derek Lewis, who's willing. He's like, I'll take eight mil, but, um, it's all shifted to that. And it seemed like it shifted to that pretty quick to where every time I think about this fight, I'm just like, I ever just, that, as soon as it was on the ground and Francis took his back, I was so scared for Stipe because you knew he didn't, like, what was he going to do? Um, so that's just kind of the thing that bumps me out. But what do you, what do you, do you prefer, are you okay with Nganu Lewis too? Because I can't, that's the thing that I think blows my mind of all of this is that it's one thing to not want to pay John Jones and Francis however much they don't want to pay them for a fight that will absolutely make the promotion tons of money. But the fact that the alternative is literally a rematch from an all-time terrible fight uh, I, I that part blows my mind. Uh, are, are you okay with Ngannou Lewis too? It's the rematch you've all been waiting for <laughs> since the first one started, because we're still waiting for that fight to start. Yeah, um, I mean, it 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 will definitely feel like a backup plan. <laughs> like it will have that really big backup plan feel, even if it's like the first fight and no one gets hurt or anything like that. It will be like, well, we could be watching Ngannou versus Jones right now. Um, but I, I mean, if it's not going to be Jones, I guess it's got to be Derek Lewis. Yeah. Uh, so that at least they have some semblance of a storyline. I, I, I mean, the, I, I would much rather see Jones. Absolutely. When I think we will eventually, even if we do, because there were some reports today, I think it was this morning, Ariel was talking about, um, they were looking at Nganu Lewis for June, which seems seems like they could even do that and then still do Jones and Ganu at the end of the year, assuming Ganu wins. Because I think if Ganu, that's my one saving grace for this Ganu lewis matchup. If we get this Francis, 
If we get this guy with the leg kicks and the jab and the patience, I mean, yeah, like his, he can anybody will be excited. Like we, we definitely won't at least get that last fight again. So and maybe Lewis knowing that will be more aggressive. I don't know. To me, the the, the saving grace is that. Francis seems like a very different fighter from their last fight and also Derek Lewis is a very different fighter from their last fight It seems like they both since that moment have kind of taken the opportunity to Kind of shift their games in ways that have got them to this point I just think that it's just such a it seems on its face and I don't know It's just such an awful alternative to the name power of of Nganu Jones, but um, if they want to get it done like before the summer's even over and then we could still have the possibility for Ngannou Jones at the end of the year or whatever I think that might be kind of fun um, because I don't hate the Ngannou Lewis matchup with these adjustments that they've both made but it just seems like such a dumb alternative when like Francis Jones like can you, is there a bigger fight in MMA you could make right now like name wise like literally like I, I can't think of one you know Habib uh, GSP something like that uh, yeah Habib Tony uh, no. yeah yeah no for real <laughs> something like that it would have to be some it would have to be something crazy but um they just want that i don't know they just aren't willing to pay which is absurd because it's not like they wouldn't make money <laughs> i don't get it yeah but. i mean yeah that is literally as big as you get because you know heavyweight fights are like the 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 big thing in in combat sports and always will be uh no matter how much the the game skews uh towards those lighter weights like bantamweight and lightweight um the the big heavyweight main event will always be the big thing and John Jones, one of the most talented fighters, if not the most talented fighter of all time, moving up to heavyweight and fighting this terrorizing power puncher in in, in Francis Ngannou that that doesn't get bigger than that. Uh, so this would be the biggest fight that the UFC could make, um, and I like that Jones is using that to try to you know skew things into the fighter's direction, like. Hey, I I know this is the the biggest fight you guys can make, so pay me eight million dollars. Like, I, I I like that business sense from from John Jones, knowing the position he has, knowing the leverage he has in this situation, knowing that the UFC can either do that big fight or Ingana versus Lewis too. Jones is in a really good position to do to do this sort of sort of negotiation. So. Uh, I, I really like how this has been developing uh, so far. Yeah, he's in a good position, but the thing is that that's a, a that's a scaring a staring contest with somebody that's like blinking. Like, not that the UFC is blinking. Or I guess it would be the opposite that, that that doesn't blink. Like, the UFC does not give a shit about John Jones. The UFC knows they can put Francis and Gano and Lewis, and yeah, it's not going to do as many buys, but they know if that they like. They're doing the math. They can make more money on a, on an Ngannou Lewis two matchup than they can Ngannou Jones, and it's because they can still sell enough pay per views, and they're still going to be paying them little enough that, like, if they could make more, if they like, I don't, I, I feel like it's really that simple. The pathetic thing is, and the really sad thing, and like, I don't know, yay for John Jones. Like I said, I'm glad he got this conversation started. Let's not act like he's a hero. He's out here doing this because it'll make him more money, not because he actually gives a shit about how much, you know people opening up the main card or fighting on the prelims make um but if you're the ufc and you're dana white and you're not willing to in a in a fight that has just like fallen not fallen in your lap but it's something you've looked at and there's a lot of ways this could have gone wrong especially with john jones like king of the screw-ups like there's a lot of way this fight never gets to this point and it almost didn't multiple times but you have it here and you have these two guys one of them is 
maybe be the greatest UFC fighter of all time, greatest MMA fighter of all time, your greatest light heavyweight champion, and like he's John Jones, and the other guy is, and the other guy is the more marketable guy, <laughs> and the other guy literally has an incredible story that is now going to be told. And like Joe, that was the one thing. Rogan sucks now on pay per views. He is just awful. But the one thing he was doing was selling the shit out of Francis's story which he's done a bunch even having him on his podcast and different stuff like that. But um, you have that fight, and you're not willing to pay those two guys. Those are the two guys. Like, I get not wanting to pay some of these guys that are – I mean, I don't get it. Let me let me be clear. I don't get it. But I get why the UFC and why Dana and their mindset would be like, eh, I don't know, it's not like you're Conor McGregor. But it's literally – when they're saying that to people, they're saying, you're not John Jones. You're not Francis Ngannou. And then it comes to these two guys, and they're not willing to pay them. And that, yeah. to me, is the, the saddest and most pathetic thing. Because Jones can make this stand. Jones can say, I'm doing this for the fighters. And Jones can have all the good arguments he wants, and he can be right. And the UFC's going to go, cool, we literally have a roster of infinite heavyweights that will take fights. And Francis, you know, is going to want to fight rather than not as a champ. Like, I don't know. Francis, I think that'll be the realistic thing. And, I don't know, I wouldn't blame Francis for taking for taking fights so i don't know it's just kind of a bummer that it's like man if they're not going to do this like how can we get our hopes up for them doing the right thing ever which i mean we shouldn't ever but that to me is the thing that kind of stands out yeah the 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 thing has always been like hey uh unionization is never going to work in the ufc because the the top guys are taken care of and then now we see that the top guys uh aren't being taken care of to the uh, extent that they want to be taken care of so still without the backing up of other fighters that's not going to go anywhere i i i I feel like the ufc as they always do will eventually win this battle with john jones um and we'll just get back to square one so um i i I, it's whether you see Ngana versus lewis next or, or whatever i think the ufc eventually gets the the upper hand the last laugh whatever you want to call it um and that's kind of just the way it is until we get more than one guy at a time uh, taking a shot at the UFC. I hope so. But uh, one thing that I'm not sure about, as much as I'm very confident in all of that, and it's, I don't know, it, it bums me out that I, I know the UFC feels that way. One thing I'm I'm kind of unsure of, and it makes me maybe even more sad, is about Stipe's future. Because I keep, Maybe not that many people. I've heard some people talk about him fighting again. Don't tell me you want to see anything more from Stipe. Let the man go. We don't need to. Yeah, there, I mean he he's going he's going down as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Uh, he doesn't need to do anything else. He he had a great career. Uh, I remember when he when he when he came up first, and uh, I remember just seeing this random guy fighting. Uh, Roy Nelson. I was like, who the hell is this guy? And Stipe beat the brakes off him. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, he, he starts moving on up. He does lose to Stephen Shrew, but he keeps moving on up and eventually he wins the, the title and um, he solidifies himself as one of the greatest to ever do it. Uh, that it, it was such a great journey for him and I, we don't need to see him fight again. He 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 beat Nganu. Like, he, he beat him like when when Ngannou was really scary and and coming up and knocking dudes out left and right, Stipe beat him. Uh, so that I, there's nothing left for Stipe to prove. He beat Daniel Cormier twice. Uh, so I, it, it's he he did so many great things. I just wish we could have seen Stipe versus 
you know, prime Cain Velasquez. I think that was the fight that we were all robbed of because that would have been a spectacular fight. Yeah, I think the we also got like so much out of him. Like, is there another guy that has gotten so much out of their career? Like, he's beaten JDS for Doom, Overeem, and gone like DC. Like, he's it's insane. His resume is incredible, and for such an unassuming guy that clearly works so hard. Uh, yeah. Could like I can't even think of a matchup that would be interesting. Like obviously it would be Stipe, and so there would be a storyline, and everybody would care and watch. But like, if he's not fighting for a title, what's he even doing? And there's no need to see him fight in Ganu again. Um, that was one read that I know it was talked about, but I think maybe it was a little underplayed. That I'm glad we brought up. I don't know if I talked about it with Austin or if I talked about it with you about um, the matchup was that those fights with. DC took a lot out of Stipe and I think not only that but like time like it's like they did those DC fights it wasn't like the Nate Connor thing where they fought twice in like six months or whatever those fights took a long time to to accumulate and to happen so I think we also saw time play a big role and I think that's another big part of the retirement thing where it's like it's not like just like he looked bad we don't really need a trilogy fight Stipe is old and a heavyweight like I don't know we I'm not trying to see like Stipe gone. <laughs> I mean, no, we'll get to, no. to gone later, but like, uh, or Curtis Blades. Like, I don't, I don't, we know these, I don't, like, none of that interests me. So I, I kind of hope he retires um, at this point. But at the same time, I don't know, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. But the, really, I just can't think of anything else that would even be remotely interesting. I'm down for retired Stipe. Uh, Firefighter Stipe. The, yeah. Yeah. Get him in the Hall of Fame, you know, play his highlights for for years to come. Uh, I mean, the, the legacy's there. So he doesn't need to do anything else to add to it. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we lived through this deep era. Uh, it was a fun one for sure. Uh, also on this UFC 260 card, the co-main event was between Tyron Woodley and Vicente Luque. And my boy Luque, he did it. He, he he knocked out Tyron Woodley, but hey, this was a this is a different Tyron Woodley than we've seen in the past uh, couple times uh, that he's been out there. He he was throwing he was throwing punches, which is a good start, and he was shooting for takedowns as well. He was like being an active fighter again, which was neat, and I I think maybe part of that was because of the opponent he was facing. I mean, Luke. A, uh, really brings the action out of his opponents. So uh, it was good to see Woodley's, uh, you know, power punching side come out again. But eventually, Luke was able to knock him out and, and you know, Woodley succumbs to that power. The stoppage, uh, I mean, he, that could have been stopped on the feet at any point, but Luke eventually went to the choke and, and got it done that way. Uh, but it was a great stoppage by, by Luke, a great uh, finishing sequence for Luke, but not a bad job for uh, Tyron Woodley. No, that was definitely the, because I don't know, I, the, as much as Francis is fun to watch, it feels like when you watch Francis, a lot of times it's by the end of it, you're more concerned for the safety of the other human being, especially someone that you love and care about like Stipe. Um, so Woodley and Luke, that for as long as it lasted was the craziest and loudest I got. I was losing my mind because once you saw Woodley committing that, that hard. And once he was on ice skates for what felt like the entire fight, like it felt like I don't remember him not moving backwards <laughs> while taking steps forward somehow. Um, but he also still landed really heavy. Um, and, but he also lost. I don't know. I, I loved it. I don't know if we're, if I'm going to be forced to watch Tyron, Tyron Woodley, 
um, lose fights toward the tail end of his career. I'd rather watch that shit, especially if it's going to be the, the co-main event of a pay-per-view than I would any of his recent fights. So that was good to see. Um, you could tell, though, as much as it was like good to see and it was fun, like there's a reason he lost kind of a thing, especially against a guy as dangerous as Luke. Like, Luke hit him so hard. Um, and you can just tell Woodley's not used to fighting that way. Like, he had to go out of his comfort zone, and when you're out of your comfort zone and you haven't done something like that your entire career, it's going to be, like, you're going to be learning on the job, kind of, what it's like to be in those kind of firefights like that. And doing that against a guy like Luke is really difficult, and he still almost did it. Um, but it was really fun. It was good to see. I think that's kind of was the main thing was that, like, well, at least we saw what we we needed to see from Woodley. It didn't turn to a win, which is fine. Like, if you're not beating Vicente Luque, like, that doesn't make you a shitty fighter. Or if you're losing to the other guys that he's already lost to, that doesn't make you bad. But um, at least his mindset seems seems better. So hopefully we see that in his next fight if, when that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good to see you know that that old Tyron Woodley come out again uh, in this fight, and I mean for me, good to see Luke get, get the job done and get the win. And Sean O'Malley, who's uh, perma fried, it seems, uh, he got the win over Thomas Almeida in the third round with a nice stoppage. Um, and this was the kind of the fight that we expected. Almeida's on the down side of his career, and O'Malley's on the upswing. So. O'Malley got the job done with a nice, uh, with a nice knockout in third. Yeah, and also he, I, he could have finished him in the first if he wasn't trying to like be cool, but he said <laughs> he had to fight more. And I mean, he looked really good. Almeida, I don't know, he looked okay at sometimes, but I don't know. His, it's tough to say with that chin. It, like I don't, it's, it's tough. And O'Malley's a tough matchup for him. Like it's not like that was a super friendly matchup for him, but it was nice to see O'Malley look good, um, even though he, he's. He's such a douche, but he at least looked good, and he looked good like he should, and he kind of styled on him a little bit and showed some good power and showed some some interesting stuff. That little no-look thing is kind of interesting. Um, he tried that a lot, maybe like too much, but um, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't bad, but uh, let's see what he does. There's talk of a Dominic Cruz matchup with him, which I think would be really interesting. Um, see what he does against someone who doesn't just stand there <laughs> to get hit like Almeida does. Um, so I guess I'm good with that, but... Um, yeah, overall, just he did what he was supposed to, I guess. Yeah, he got the job done. It's just, boy, I feel bad for his hair. That's all. That he he took that shit and just you know fried it to bits with all that color he puts in it. <laughs> Have it, you ever it, you ever done anything like that? You ever colored your hair or bleached your hair or anything? Absolutely not. No. Oh goodness, you no. gotta live on the wild side, Danny. Some of us, some of us were in middle school in the early thousands when when Eminem was was real big. Uh, and you know, bleaching hair, bleaching hair was cool for lower middle class white kids to do, man. <laughs> so we did. Nice. Yeah. Good. No, I, I did that cool. for I did that for a few years in middle school, and then honestly, the last couple of years it was making a comeback with uh, a lot of people. The the fully bleached head. And, you know, Derek Brunson rocked that recently. Um, but if there was a several athletes, and I was like, do I go back to it? I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> almost thirty. Like this is now, and now that I actually am thirty, I just I can't commit to it. But yeah, you know, maybe you gotta you gotta live on the wild side, Danny. You gotta gotta bleach it. Maybe for Sean O'Malley's next fight, he's your favorite fighter, right? So you can just do the, you just copy his hairdo. I just uh, I just want to say, I I mean, have you ever looked at old pictures of Sean O'Malley? No, I I mean I try a lot to not look at current pictures of Sean O'Malley, much less. (laughs) That's the thing, like old pictures of Sean O'Malley make you think 
oh god where, where did he go wrong like <laughs> he, he i mean he already had the tattoos and everything but like the whole like he just looks so much like like a shell of himself now than, than what he did when he was coming up into the ufc uh yeah it's 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 pretty funny because uh his hair is normal and he 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 looks like there's life behind his eyes um and now there's the opposite of that so uh well he got the win so that's yeah. good uh also another thing that's dead is uh the reebok gear this is that was it ufc 260 uh venom is debuting uh their gear on tuesday we are recording this on monday they are debuting their gear tomorrow and then the uh, uh, next this weekend's event will be the first time we see the venom gear in action uh, so favorite memory from the Reebok era? Go. Um, not the camo shorts for Bryce Mitchell because those were undeserved. Like they went to so much effort for Bryce Mitchell and not like people that actually matter. Um, hmm, favorite memory. My favorite memory, honestly, the thing about the Reebok era is when I'm watching stuff on YouTube or watching highlights on ESPN Plus or whatever. Is how far back it goes. I'm always surprised when I see stuff from like 2016 or 2015 <laughs> even where I'm like, oh shit, this has been a long time. And I think it's going to be weird um, going to something new, but I'm interested to see what, what Venom has in store and how different they try to, to make themselves. Um, also kind of like, I wonder if they'll update the video game. Probably not. I don't know. That's no. a dumb thought. But uh, yeah, interested to see. It seems like there's a lot less fanfare with this than there was with the Reebok deal, but it seems like we're kind of finally getting news, except for, <laughs> like, the only news that has come out is that, like, there's been a pay increase from the Reebok deal for with Venom for fighters. Also, it doesn't keep up with inflation from the previous deals, so technically... <laughs> Technically, the fighters are still making less. Uh-huh. If there's, a, if there's a, a thing in the world that can that can pay people more while giving them less, it's professional MMA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe they'll look cooler though while they do it, while they get underpaid. <laughs> At the very least, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bellator had center stage on uh, Friday of last week. And uh, it was Bellator 255. Patricio Pitbull was in the main event against Emmanuel Sanchez. And he defended his title uh, with a really nice stoppage uh, of Emmanuel Sanchez. Uh, knocked him down and then got in there with a guillotine and finished him like that. So he defends his title. Next up, AJ McKee. And that is likely the best fight that Bellator can possibly make right now. Yeah, I think by a lot. I think it's one of the best fights we could possibly see right now. Like, it's... I'm excited. I think that'll be really fun. And Pitbull's just so good. Yeah, it was... uh, The card, even though it was free, um, it was the first show on Showtime, but it was free on YouTube and Hulu. Uh, Bellator, I thought that was pretty smart with by everybody involved getting it out there, especially with Pitbull, like the best fighter in their promotion, getting it out there. Um, but that was all I tuned in for, and he looked amazing. He, I think it was like two and a half minutes or something like that. Got in, got out, uh, finished him with the guillotine, and I'm excited for the AJ McKee fight. should be fun. Yeah. Uh, also on the card, uh, Naaman Gracie lost to uh, Jason Jackson, and Gracie had advan- advantageous positions but couldn't really do anything with them. Uh, and it was to the point where Jackson was kind of initiating takedowns. Uh, so he kind of knew that, oh, I can do this and not get submitted. And uh, from there, uh, Jackson won the fight, got poked in the eye a couple times too. So let's, let's, let's settle down on that, Gracie. Uh, but Jackson got the win, and uh, Gracie... 
I think it, that's an, that's another that's another loss on his resume that that started out really good in Bellator, but uh, he he's he's starting to lose fights a little bit. And uh, Jackson, I feel like he's a very underrated fighter in the Bellator uh, circuit. He, he he's he's a good uh, a good striker, good uh, clean striker, and he showed that he can he can grapple with the best of them in, in this fight. So uh, I'm excited to see where J- Jackson goes from here. Uh, prove that he can be a welterweight contender uh, in Bellator. Uzman Nurmagomedov was on the card, and he looked brilliant. Body kicks galore. If you like, if you like kicks to the body, watch this fight because Nurmagomedov has uh, great ones, and um, he he really he really took it to his opponent and and showed that he is something to behold. And then uh, following his in in Khabib's footsteps, so uh, should be fun to watch him grow in Bellator. And Kana Watanabe beat Alejandro Lara, and. Lara had, like like Gracie, had advantageous positions, couldn't finish anything, and uh, Watanabe got the win. And that was uh, Watanabe's first, I believe, in Bellator after she was submitted in her Bellator debut. So a couple of uh, things worth note on that Bellator card, but uh, it was all about that main event. Yeah, actually, I did see a little bit of the Nurmagomedov fight. Uh, those kicks were so fast. Like, yeah. Habib ain't never kicked nobody that fast. Like, especially some of those head kicks, like, it was just... They were like Barbosa-style switch kicks, where it was just like one, just really, really quick. Especially, like you said, to the body. Um, that was impressive. That was not something I expected to see from someone with the last name Nurmagomedov. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's like we have grappling Nurmagomedov, and now we have striking Nurmagomedov. So that's cool. Uh, and, and good, good idea for Bellator to, to go with the the free streaming on YouTube and Hulu and uh, Showtime, making it free for all uh, instead of you know putting it behind a paywall for their first time on Showtime. Uh, when we come back, we'll have news articles and stuff like that, so stay tuned to Throwing Elbows. You know him as the baddest man on the planet, and Fire Department Coffee is proud to bring you the baddest coffee on the planet. The Stipe Miocic Extra Strength Coffee is a dark roast coffee with a rich, bold taste that gives you the extra kick you need with two times the caffeine. This coffee packs a punch. Get it at FireDepartmentCoffee.com. That's FireDeptCoffee.com. Welcome back to Throwing Elbows. It's time for news articles and stuff like that. And welcome back to Misha Tate, who's coming out of retirement. And since she retired, the UFC has rights to her contract. So she comes back to the UFC and will be fighting Marion Renault uh, on July 17th, which, by the way, my birthday. Remember when uh, Heath oh. had a you had a card on your birthday uh, last year? And now I, I got one on mine this See year. See if you get so a shout me. out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, if there was a matchup to make for a fighter coming out of retirement, it would be with a fighter that's close to retirement. Uh, so this is perfect. <laughs> I, I'm glad to see Mish Tate back in back in business here. Yeah, weirdly makes sense. Also, did you say throwing elbows? It's definitely. Uh, I don't know some... if I'm hearing it. It's throwing elbows and Robert Whitaker. I'm not just hearing it. This is a trend. It's but, happening. I talk uh, too much for my job. <laughs> Uh, but I think you're right. I think I think your breakout of this was right. Like, if there's a fighter for Marion Renault, it might as well be Misha Tate coming out of retirement. Like, that weirdly makes sense for a fight like that. Um, and Misha said she's gunning for gold. I don't know why anybody would be trying to fight Amanda Nunes. I guess Juliana Payne is doing that. Um, mm. But I don't know if we'll see that. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what she has left. I was, I was pretty caught off guard by this. Um, but... Should be an interesting matchup, a good way to see exactly how much she has left, because if you're not beating Marion Renault in July of 2021, it's probably a sign that retirement is is best. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, and yeah, Tate said she she's looking for a title run, and no. Uh, so yeah, we can move back and move on from that because there no, that's not happening. Uh, Ultimate Fighter's back. The 29th season will be filming in April and will air on ESPN Plus. Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega, your coaches. Title fight coming at the end of the season. Uh, so we got the. Uh, we got the Volkanovski Ortega match that's still going on that didn't get to happen last time. So I guess instead of giving Max the title shot after his brilliant performance against Calvin Cater, uh, they're like, "Well, we still have to make this Volkanovski Ortega fight still," um, and that's getting the the top billing here and the tough treatment as well. Uh, so I've seen better ideas, uh, like like imagine Aljo Versian on tough. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm already kind of over. Aljo's cringy, man. Aljo sucks at trash talking. So does so does Jan. I don't uh, know. I guess I just I just love Aljo because yeah. <laughs> I've I've met him. He's a really cool dude. So I, I don't but know. he's not trash talking his thing. Like he's too mm-hmm. like he seems like too genuine of a per. Like it seems so forced, and he's like kind of leans into it with the silliness sometimes. But no, nah, I don't I don't need to watch that not that i'm gonna be watching this either i don't know Usman masvidal 2 seemed a little more interesting to me i think the thing that stands out to me in this is one what do we get from espn what are they bringing to the table with tough or is this going to be the same tough just on a different channel i think that'll be kind of interesting to see how different that is um and uh two what like city kickboxing the impact they have seeing i think that'll be interesting because they're kind of the hot gym right now with volkanovsky and dan hooker and izzy of course and who else am i missing tui Voss has been he won a fight but i don't even know if he's with them i don't know but i think that'll be interesting to see um but apart from that my main takeaway was what about max (laughs) (laughs) my my bandwagon is losing people because we just lost the wheel because uh we're gonna be stuck uh, until at least the late summer, early fall. And I yeah, can't I imagine Max is going to want to wait that long. I mean, he could. I wouldn't blame him. But, man, that kind of bums me out because he's ready for a title shot. So I'm not super excited for Tough. I'll probably end up checking it out a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I guess I guess we'll see. Uh, I'll We'll see if I'm more excited uh, when it actually comes out. But right now, there's just so many fights. It's not like I'm, I'm dying to watch fight. There's fights every week. we got three cards coming mm-hmm. up this weekend. It's not like yeah. I'm dying for MMA content. So... Um, we'll see how it does over the summer, though. At the very least, there's still some talent coming out of Tough, um, so we'll we'll see what the next wave of that is. It's just not like the old days, not like back in my day, <laughs> when the whole season would become good fighters in the UFC. You know, uh, Kimbo Slice fought Roy Nelson. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, remember James McSweeney? <laughs> uh, now there's a guy who. <laughs> that's the podcast like five years from now <laughs> uh, did I ever tell you about Khalil Roundtree alright so he went over to Bangkok and let me tell you <laughs> alright UFC 262 Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards is a five round co-main event uh, Bala Muhammad does not get the rematch and I mean this has such Usman versus Masvidal 2 vibes to me why the fuck are we making this fight? <laughs> like, this See, is such a horrible matchup for Nate. 
that it's all it's going to be is Leon Edwards takes Nate down, wins the fight. Nate complains. The end. That that's it. That's the fight. I, I you don't have you don't have to waste twenty five minutes on a Saturday night now because I just told you what's going to happen in the fight. That's it. You could all you forgot the part where Leon gets to go to the bank and look at the the much bigger number than he's used to after her being deposited. I think that's, uh, that's I think that's the the Poye thing here because. Uh, Definitely pronate Diaz is a pronate, despite Danny's blasphemous nonsense. This is a pronate Diaz podcast. Austin and I are both pronates. So you're outvoted two to one. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like it's this one a, bit. It's not a good matchup. Between this and Sandhagen, uh, Sandhagen Dillashaw, May's going to be a real stressful month for me. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to either of those matchups. I. The one thing I think that could go well for Nate is that he gets better the later the fight goes. Leon's not exactly the fastest starter. Um, so I think that could be something. The Southpaw Southpaw thing? I I, I don't know. Leon nothing. looked really he good. He got nothing. He got no, nothing. Leon, well, Leon looked no. really good also. It'd be one thing if he didn't look good against Bilal. I think that was also maybe it was just because I, I'm not a huge fan of this matchup for Nate. Uh, stylistically, but I also really wanted the rematch with Bilal for for Leon, and we'll get to Bilal in a second. They're both fine, apparently, but Leon's going to get paid a hell of a lot more. But for Nate, think about... (laughs) I mean, he beats Pettis in that fight where Pettis breaks his foot, and Nate doesn't exactly look great. Um, He turns that into the Masvidal fight, which was what it was. Whatever. A bad fight. Masvidal, since then, is going to fight in, what, two title shots? And Nate's one fight since then is against the number one contender who hasn't lost in, since he lost to Usman for, what, five years ago, six years ago? Mm-hmm. Like, he's turned that, like, I don't know. It's obviously name power, and it's Nate being Nate. But what if he wins, Danny? Like, what if Nate goes out there and wins? Like, he's not, <laughs> like, he's not winning. This D- is, or Usman Diaz? Or <laughs> this is the exact matchup that has, like, spoiled the party for Nick and Nate Diaz over the years. And I, I Benson mean, Henderson vibe to it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's it's not going to happen here. Leon, it's just, he's too talented. And, like, the holes in Diaz's game are, like, so gaping in a fight like this so it's uh i mean yeah this is not gonna be a fun 25 minutes and i guess uh edwards gets to use that to propel himself to a title shot so Um, so there's that i'm just not gonna think about the fight i'm gonna think about all the fun it'll be in the lead up with nate talking shit because nate's awesome that's always fun and then the fight will be terrible. And then Leon will get the rub and he'll get a good payday afterwards, which I can be happy about. So those are those are the things to be happy about. We don't have to worry about the actual like thing we all tune in for or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, like you said, Bilal not getting that rematch, even though that would have been great because that was a really fun fight for the time it lasted. Uh, he'll be fighting at UFC 263 against Damian Maya. Uh, so he gets a, a very, very winnable fight. Uh, to rebound from that unfortunate ending against Leon Edwards. Kind of dangerous, though, too, and not a lot of upside. Like, I think it's pretty clear that Maya's... Like, if you're Bilal or Leon Edwards, obviously Edwards is higher up in the rankings and had more of an argument since he, you know, quote-unquote won the fight and everything, But and, and did look really good, so getting the Nate matchup and a higher-profile five-round co-main, blah, 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 all that. But if you're Bilal and you go from that to getting a... Damian Maya, who yeah, I think Bilal should win and will win, but like, ah, oh, that's a guy that can 
he's still dangerous. He's still Damian Maya, and even if you beat him, I know how much how much that gets you. Um, I guess it's kind of a big deal, but I I don't know. This one made a little bit less sense to me, but I was mostly just happy that he got a fight against a high profile, semi high profile opponent um, on a pay per view. So it's not nothing, but uh, I think for Bilal's sake, I still would have rather had the rematch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least he gets like a a pretty decent um you know bounce back opponent name uh that can you know propel himself hopefully back to those leon edwards type of fights again uh jojo calderwood versus lauren murphy will be on this card as well lauren murphy made a push for the flyweight title but she'll have to go through jojo calderwood if she gets there and i mean if she wins this one hey there's like kind of no denying her at that point um but I, i mean i think this is where the run will end for lauren murphy yeah, you would have to think so, but even then, I don't know. I I would love Lauren Murphy's on my. Who's my other? Oh, damn it! I, who's the one I was arguing with Austin about? Uh, Glover Teixeira. She might be my Glover Teixeira. Ain't no way in hell the UFC's putting her in a title. And I love Lauren Murphy. I think that would be great. But uh, I don't know. I bet they'd. I bet they'd find a way around it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on. June 19th, we'll get Dan Ige and the Korean Zombie in the main event. Well, that's super fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, what else can you say about that? We had uh, Ige. Uh, I mean, no. I was, all right. Edit, edit, edit. We had a. <laughs> we had the Korean Zombie uh, lose to Brian O'Taken in, in pretty devastating fashion. So we'll see how he can bounce back against a very talented. Uh, Dan Ige. Uh, I, I like this fight a lot uh, stylistically. When Ige showed the power in his last fight with the quick finish, the quick KO. Yes, against Gavin Tucker. That's right. Well, and this one just feels like, so Dan Ige, Korean zombie, main event? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody of looks course. around. Yeah, fuck, yeah, cool. All right, cool. It seems like the like who's not in for that? That sounds fun for everybody involved. Love it. I'm glad that it's a main event. Proud, like Super stoked for Dan Ige um, getting a main event. Like He does not few years ago if i would have told you he would have been fighting in the main event against a guy like korean zombie who only fights in main events like mm-hmm. that that says something for his rise and the way he's progressed um in different ways so i'm, I'm very excited for, to see that hopefully that fight uh sticks around yeah and uh then a week later we have alexander volkov against Cyril gone in the main event that's really cool it, it's because like uh Cyril gone uh is the new wave of heavyweight striker and alexander volkov was uh kind of the 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 first coming of that like heavyweight that uses a jab kind mm-hmm. of fighter so uh I, I like this matchup a lot i'm very interested also i think i don't know if it was just this fight or if it was the Ige zombie one um getting announced right before uh or like right leading up to uh bellator's main event on friday night mm-hmm. well done dana white in, in company um but this is an interesting one for me because, you know, Gon's the one of the most talented strikers in the heavyweight division. Volkov ain't no joke, and he's big. And so he's going to, like, the things that Gon has the advantage of in a lot of different ways with different guys with his size and his such a wide skill gap aren't going to be as big of his advantages. I think he's still yeah. probably the overall better striker. But that speed from Volkov, the power from Volkov, uh, I'm, I'm excited for this. I think that'll be a very tough test, also a main event. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I love that matchmaking. I think that's really fun. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant matchmaking. Also on that card, Rayona Barcelos, hopefully, against <laughs> t- Team Revalia. What a uh, matchup. My God. 
yeah, geez, let's uh, let's get let's get Barcelos in there, huh? Please, because yeah. uh, I mean, he, yeah, we we need to see it. We need to see it. He's look, he just ever since that amazing performance, he's just been held out of the held out of the octagon uh, since then. So, uh, hopefully, we finally get to see him on June twenty sixth. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed. Give him his give him his COVID pokes. Wrap him in bubble wrap and just put six slash twenty six slash twenty one. Like, do not open until. <laughs> And just yeah. leave him in the closet until we need him. Mm-hmm. Actually, don't Absolutely. do that. Like feed him and stuff, but obviously take care of him, please. <laughs> uh, and uh, the 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 elephant in the room. There's a really big fight that was announced. Uh, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor oh, three. That yeah, that's going to be on July 10th. Uh, and I, I I guess we wanted to see Dustin Poirier get crowned the champion. Uh, instead, it will be Michael Chandler and, Ch- uh, and Charles Oliveira, and Poirier has to just uh, beat McGregor again. And I, I don't see it going much differently than the first, unless McGregor like snaps out of it and like starts taking this seriously again. Uh, I, I, I just don't see how you can beat a guy like Dustin Poirier at the level he's fighting at right now. Yeah, I I don't see it going either way, but I'm glad our our call from a few episodes ago, I think when I think it was after Chandler Oliveira was that Dustin probably picked this. He probably picked the money rather yeah. than the, the title, and Dana said as much, and then said, yeah, yeah, no, that's super smart of him. Yeah, of course it was. Dana it was probably your idea, asshole, because that way you get the Poirier McGregor fight. It's like two title fights essentially. So yeah, of course you. I don't know. It seems so. I hate him, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess it, it's fun enough. I, I guess the thing that I'm I'm telling myself is that Poirier is really good, and I and I would love to see him win. Definitely rooting for him. Um, but if Connor can kind of do that thing, and obviously it's a different matchup, um, in, in a much different time in their careers. But if Connor can do kind of a similar thing to the Nate fight, where um, it's not like he lost that first fight by a lot and then went and dominated the second fight against Nate. He did just enough to win a close fight. I think he definitely won it, but he did just enough in that fight. And I don't know. To me, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could do that. Do I think he will? No. Do I think I think it's asking quite a lot of current Conor McGregor. But we've seen him do it before, and um, I don't know. I think that's enough of a selling point on top of all of the, the obvious things. So... I guess I'm in, but um, like, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting too. With uh, well, Chandler Oliveira would have already happened by then, so we'll have a champion to be lording over the matchup too. So that might be an interesting third party. But overall, I guess I'm just kind of like, yeah, I think I'm on board with you. But it, it should be fun. I'll probably be more excited when it's actually closer to happening. Yeah, good point about the Nate Diaz rematch. But I think this is a different Conor McGregor from way back then yeah uh, i mean i was what a, a junior in college then maybe a sophomore i don't know um but well, much, that was a long a much, time ago and a much more difficult stylistic adjustment like it's not like connor can go oh i'll just check leg kicks and then my boxing will be good enough because dustin Poirier's boxing is so good and he's yeah. so powerful and so i don't and 155 i think people underplayed last time how big of a difference 155 and 145 is for dustin Poirier. um and it's for Conor McGregor even at this point. Um, so um, I think that's also a, a big part. Like, yeah, the adjustments to Nate were 
a little easier to make because it's not like Connor had terrible takedown defense. It was just like, dude, don't gas yourself out and you probably win that fight. <laughs> and he still <laughs> gassed himself out in the second fight <laughs> and managed to win. Uh, I think the matchup adjustments are a little more difficult in this matchup, but it'll still be interesting to see if he can if he can make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then another fight that was on that UFC 264 card, uh, Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Thompson. Uh, we couldn't get a Stephen Thompson title shot, so this is not a bad consolation prize. Uh, winner of this will likely get that title shot. No, I mean, if I mean, I'm I'm saying that as if Stephen Thompson is kind of like a sure thing to win. Uh, so if Thompson wins this, you can't really deny him the title shot anymore. Um, but that does leave some options open at welterweight Heath. Yes, it does. Uh, that was the first thing I noticed because um, this is a fun matchup. I really like this a lot. This stood out to me. I was like, wow, I did not expect I did not expect it. It was just one of those where the UFC kind of pulled it out. I think this was actually one of the fight announcements on Friday night. Um, it just felt like it kind of came out of nowhere, and I was like, huh, yeah. It was kind of like Ige's Korean Zombies. Like, yes, absolutely, let's do this. That sounds fun. It's meaningful. It's stylistically interesting. It checks all the boxes. One thing it does leave open, though, um, a couple of ranked welterweights. Uh, Vicente Luque obviously just got a, a, a nice win, um, but Colby Covington is, is available, and also Mr. Michael Chiesa is available. Mm. Meanwhile, um, Usman Masvidal are obviously busy. Um, Leon Edwards and Nate Diaz are doing their thing, so just saying, for a little while, for the next few months here, Chiesa and Covington are both available. Could be an interesting matchup. A couple of Northwest guys, wrestler versus grappler. Just saying. All right. I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. When we come back, we'll talk about UFC on ABC whatever uh, that's coming up this weekend. Uh, stay tuned to Throwing Elbows. Welcome back to Throwing Elbows. It's time to break down the UFC events and the Bellator event. And, hell, we'll look at one, too, coming up this weekend. First off, UFC on ABC2 on April 10th. Kevin Holland versus Marvin Vittori, a new matchup. Uh, Marvin Vittori looked excellent in his last fight against Jack Hermanson. Uh, we know that Kevin Holland got beat by Derek Brunson last time out, but he's getting right back on the horse and trying to uh, beat the Italian Stallion. And, uh, and... Does he get it done? I think Vittori is proven to be a very tough matchup, and uh, I, I, I can very well see Vittori coming out with the sand race in this one. Yeah. Uh, if we saw what Derek Brunson did to Kevin Holland in his last fight, and we know what Marvin Vittori can do. Uh, I mean, his strikings looked really good, but we obviously know what he can do on the ground. I just don't see how Kevin Holland stops him from getting it to the ground like if Marvin Vittori wants to fight to be on the ground I don't think there's anything Kevin Holland can do about it whether or not Marvin Vittori wants to do that right away I think remains to be seen I also don't necessarily like that this is pretty quick after that last fight for for Holland I know he likes to fight a lot it's just hard to imagine that that doesn't catch up to you eventually um and uh, this seems like a like a dangerous matchup to be taking and again like all of the same problems that Holland had against Brunson like not being the biggest 185er and not being the most physical guy. Like, none of those problems are different against Marvin Vittori. So, and Vittori's on, on a streak. He's on a tear. And I, I kind of want to see him continue to rise at middleweight. So, I'm I'm leaning that way. I, I meant to look at the odds. Let's see. What are they at? Vittori, I would imagine he's got to be pretty big. Uh, 
minus 320 yeah that's hmm. pretty sizable and that feels about right um especially on short notice it's it's a tough matchup anyways but on short notice it just i, I don't think i could take holland yeah i, I mean just judging by the way that vittori looked in his last fight just how he uh was really well put together on the feet and we already know that he has the wrestling uh so it's a very dangerous matchup for holland he can just fall right back into that wrestling and, and beat holland that way so uh i mean sh- should be a fun fight anyway it's always fun when kevin holland's in the octagon win or lose so uh excited to see that main event this weekend uh arnold allen hey he's on the card uh, he is fighting Sodiq Yusuf, which is a really good fight. Uh, Alan, I, I mean, he's he, like, it feels like he's been on the way up for so many years and, uh, he gets a really tough fight against, uh, against Yusuf here, but, uh, I expect Alan's rise to keep on going. He, he has not lost since 2014 in cage warriors. So, uh, it's been a really good run for Allen in the UFC. He's just been kind of hampered by inactivity. And uh, this should be a, a very good fight, but I, I expect uh, Allen to come out on top. Yeah, I think this is probably the best fight on the card overall, especially since Till. I don't know how fun Till Vittori would have been, but it would have been interesting. I think this is overall just the best fight on the card. Both guys are amazing. Both guys are so good. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, this made my best um ufc fights in april uh column they're just both really good talented featherweights and the ufc is like yeah sure you're both awesome let's see which one of you is more awesome and maybe is ready for a, a shot at the rankings um they're both studs i can't wait to see how this goes i think i'm leaning Allen a little bit but i mean yusuf is undefeated in the ufc too and has some pretty impressive wins like andre feely so um i'm, I'm gonna lean out a little bit but either way i think that's just the the must-see matchup maybe answer off dern is number two just because I'm so interested to see what Ansarov looks like coming back and obviously Dern's looked pretty good lately but um, I think the people's main event is probably um, Arnold Allen and Sadiq Yusuf yeah that Ansarov Dern fight is really good uh, other than that we have Holtzman versus Mateus Gamrot uh, which is a really uh, interesting fight Gamrot uh, he lost to Guram Kutataladze in his debut and now he gets a, a tough veteran in, uh, in Holtzman so this should be a nice test uh, to see if Gamrock can bounce back from that first loss, that should be uh, uh, pretty darn fun. And yeah, I do. I, I really like that that uh, Dern versus Ansarov fight. Uh, Ansarov just had a child, uh, and she. This is, I think, their first fight from. Uh, yeah, it is her yep. first fight since giving birth to uh, her and uh, Amanda Nunez's child. So uh, this should be a, a good one because Ansarov is is, a, is an excellent fighter and she is coming off the loss against Tatiana Suarez, who is fantastic and just hasn't been able to fight because of injury. So uh, I, Ansarov was on a really good run, though, uh, before that loss. So hopefully she was able to bounce back and, and, and start putting wins together again. Uh, it just starts off with a very uh, game Mackenzie Dern, who's really starting to like show, hey, I-, I can be a legit contender in the UFC. Yeah, well, again, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, we're either going to learn that Ansaroff still has it and is good to go and like, make another run at the title, because she was on her way to a shot at the title uh, before that loss to Tatiana Suarez. And Dern is doing that right now. So uh, either like one of them is going to insert themselves like back into that title picture discussion at straw weight um without a ton to lose for either of them i'm just very interested to see which way it goes also you mentioned holtzman 
his most recent performance, a loss of Benil Dariush, but he was on an impressive run before that. So that's, a, like you said, a tough test for Gamrot. Also, always love to see the guy, Jim Miller. Fun, fun, fun grappling matchup with Joe Selecki. Can't wait for that. That should mm. be really, really exciting. That's the featured prelim. Always love Jim Miller, but always I would much rather see him in matchups like this with someone like Joe Selecki than some of the other lightweights he could be fighting. So very much looking forward to that. Overall, pretty good card. Like not a not a ton of huge stuff, but there's there's okay name power with Dern and hopefully they sell the answer off fight and I guess Mike Perry and Sam Alvey, some veteran names are on there, but really it's nice to see the the younger guys, the Kyle Dawkins. Uh, Arnold Allen, Sadiq Youssef, Marvin Vittori, Kevin Holland in the the top fights on the card getting that uh, network TV pub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think this is a solid uh, a solid card for ABC. Uh, full of you know fun fun matchups. Not not like you know pivotal matchups, but uh, fun stuff and a, and a really good main event uh, between. And these uh, Vittori and uh, and Kevin Holland, so excited for that. Uh, then we have Bellator uh, the night before, it, Ryan Bader versus Leo Machida too. Uh, that's in the light heavyweight uh, Grand Prix quarterfinals. We have Jeremy Kennedy against Adam Borks, uh, so that's fun. But yeah, that main event. Yeah, no thanks, Ryan Bader minus three hundred favorite. That should go about as expected. Also, Jeremy Kennedy, the minus one twenty favorite against Adam Borix. Give me underdog Borix in that. That's a fun fight, but uh, yeah. I like I like Borix in that. Also, tell me if this isn't the most Bellator thing you ever heard. Bellator in twenty twenty one have Katz and Gano, Julia Bud, and Liz Carmouche all on the same roster on the same card, and none of them are fighting each other. <laughs> like the three most interesting women you have on your card, none of them are fighting each other. Uh, Zingano's a minus seven thirty five favorite. Julia Bud's a minus four forty favorite. Carmouche minus one seventy five. She has the most interesting matchup. Carmouche is fighting Vanessa Porto. It's actually someone you've heard of before, but yeah. I just thought it was interesting. You got a card with those three on it and i was like oh that's some pretty big names i want oh none of them are okay then i was gonna make a combined record joke for their opponents but uh porto kind of ruins that so yeah i can't do that but uh olivia parker katzingana's opponent four and one uh diana silva julia budd's opponent nine and five uh and then vanessa porto is like a a a very well-known uh figure in women's mma so uh, she gets the pass on that one uh, and then we have one championship uh, two nights before Bellator. So if you're doing the math, UFC on Saturday, Bellator on Friday, Wednesday, one championship. Uh, and that is Mighty Mouse taking on Adriana Marais. And Mighty Mouse, the sizable 1,050 favorite. And Eddie Alvarez on the card. Yuri Lapicus, his opponent. And we have a Sikjitsu guy on the card, Heath. Yeah, Tyler McGuire. Uh, I don't think we've had him on the show. I know, I know Jay's interviewed him for Cage Side Press at least once, once or twice maybe. Um, Sick Jitsu guy, uh, went over to one, was undefeated. He's a really, really good grappler. Um, also a military guy. Um, went over there, went one, got a title shot, lost that title shot, but then came back and won his first fight back since that title shot, which was in 2018, won his first fight back last year. And he's getting another fight here. Um, he's the plus 12500 dog, but should be fun. Interested to see how he does. That's probably the most interesting thing I'm looking forward to on the card because it's one. It's kind of, I don't know, hard to find generally. Or it's on in the early morning. I guess this is the first time they're doing the TNT thing, so we'll see how they do with that. But uh, Mighty Mouse is fun. Eddie Alvarez, sure, it's fun. But yeah, Tyler McGuire, um, 
He's one of like the most talented fighters at Sikjitsu, and it's because he fights over at one, and it's because he has a lot of other stuff going on in his life um, that he has to balance with fighting that makes it tough. But he's a really, really talented dude. So if he can make another run of tile, that would be pretty fun. But um, yeah, just we we had the week off kind of last week, and here we go right back into it. Yeah, yeah, three events in a span of what five days, so should be fun. Uh, and you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Throwing Elbows MMA, Facebook, Throwing Elbows MMA, and Twitter at Throwing Elbows. Written work is on cagesidepress.com. Same day, same place next week. We are out. <laughs> <laughs>